Hello and good evening. Welcome to another episode of Between the Presets, a podcast by me, Rudy Stetner, that comes out every Monday evening. Here is the place where anything that can be said in polite company is fair game for discussion, even if it occasionally offends. Let's roll. Please be advised that this episode of Between the Presets contains material that may be unsuitable for younger audiences. If that is an issue, please listen at another time or on headphones. Thank you. Good evening. It is Monday, the 28th of Tevet, 5784, the 8th of January, 2024. We are in that part of the winter when minute by minute uh, the daylight portion of each day is getting later and later. I was uh, traveling this weekend and um, I find anytime I am taking a trip, uh, especially before Shabbat, I always look up the time of the sunset in the uh, place to which I'm going. Where I went in western Pennsylvania, uh, the sun was setting about 30 minutes after it does in New York. It's interesting that um, I can go from one borough to another in New York City, and the time of sunset will vary by a minute or two. And I can take a six-hour drive, and it will vary by 30 minutes. It's quite unlike uh, the civil calendar, where the day changes at midnight, and wherever you are in the time zone, everybody uh, begins and ends their day at the same exact moment at the top of a clock. I find it endlessly fascinating how people measure time. In India, for instance, uh, many groups uh, start the new day from sunrise. Uh, Jews and Muslims start it from sunset. I find the advantage to uh, starting a new day at sunset is that I am generally wide awake when one day uh, fades into another. And I think that's very important. Time is precious. The older one gets, the more one realizes uh, how precious each day is. And there's one thing I tell myself every day these days is that statistically I'm I could classify I could be classified as a senior citizen. Statistically I'm far closer to the end of my life than to the beginning. I would love to be wrong on that. Life is beautiful, but that's, that's the way it is. It doesn't 
depress or sadden me at all. To the contrary, it makes me feel like I'm on a trip. When I went to Albania and Montenegro, it was like a 10-day trip. Every day mattered. And when I tell myself that, uh, life is short. It, it makes me want to enjoy every day. To not even blink because I don't want to miss a beautiful sight. One of the things that we pray for on our new year, I'm sure everybody prays for it at some time in their year or on their calendar, is Parnassa, um, a living, income, sustenance, whatever you want to call it. And Parnassa, uh, a li- earning a living, always involves a combination of one's own effort and skill and um, fortuitous occurrences, hashgacha pratit, divine intervention that can turn a uh, business hunch or a job choice into something successful or something less so. I used to have a friend named AJ. He was a couple years younger than me. This was a long time ago. During the Kennedy and Johnson presidencies, if you want to look that up. Remember, my allowance was uh, fairly modest, not really adjusted for inflation. It was five cents when I was very young, and it got raised to ten cents. AJ got, I think it was a dollar, and... um, it was his allowance was structured differently. He got thirty-five cents for whatever uh, struck his fancy. Uh, he got, I think it was ten or fifteen cents to put in his church's collection plate, and uh, another thirty-five cents his parents would deposit in a bank account on his behalf. And I often think of the wisdom behind AJ's allowance. Even at my age, there are things that I want. It might be a book of poetry. It might be some sort of delicious food I could really do without. Um, One thing I spend money on every once in a while is matcha tea, which is tea ground into a fine powder. Packs a very pleasant and unique caffeine buzz. Then, of course, there is what we in Hebrew call miser. And uh, I give that to support religious institutions, my synagogue, um, charities that help poor people, here and in Israel and in other countries. Sometimes I give to a um, uh, foundations that help uh, sick people, sick children particularly. But uh, I think a lot about uh, where I would like my charitable giving to go. 
and how it expresses my values. And then, of course, there is saving for the future. Um, saving for retirement or any unforeseen eventualities or needs. But there is the general principle that was taught very well to my friend AJ as a child. Uh, and I learned by derivative, derivative example that uh, we don't always uh, appreciate the good things in life in proper measure. We don't know what the future will bring. Um, we need to think not only of the present and our present desires and immediate needs, but uh, the future in this world and also the hereafter. And whatever religious or philosophical environment we choose to immerse ourselves in, that will, we hope, shape us in a manner that would be beneficial to ourselves and to others. So I'm, I frequently have thoughts of gratitude to my friend AJ and his parents for uh, providing me with that uh, really fine example. Because ultimately, vis-a-vis uh, -vis our creator, we are supplicants hoping for a generous allowance a generous allotment, and the example set in childhood never ceased to be relevant. One thing my friend AJ liked to spend his silly money on was it was a little ring called a rat fink, R-A-T-F-I-N-K. If you do a Google image search for it, it was a little plastic kind of funny-looking monster uh, with big teeth that you wore, bought out of a gumball machine and you wore on a ring. And pe kids collected those in the uh, early, early to mid-60s. It was like a big thing for kids to collect. They came in nickel sizes and dime sizes, which back then was, for a little kid, a princely sum. And this little rat fink wore a t-shirt that had RF on it. The letters RF. And I remember the first time that I saw a French postage stamp or in my brother's stamp collection, it had RF on it. And I remember looking at the stamp and thinking, wow, a rat fink stamp. Of course, RF stood for République Française. So I learned very, very, very early on that no, the French are not rat finks. Not most of the time. Slight change of topic. Uh, one of the things I used to watch, it was on public television back in the day with some frequency. Now you can watch it on YouTube easily. There was a... German, I think, actually Austrian filmmaker named Fritz Lang. He ended up fleeing Austria in the 1930s due to a combination of his 
anti-Nazi political beliefs and artistic creations, and his uh, Jewish ancestry. His mother was Jewish, and he correctly surmised that uh, this was not a winning co um, combination in 1930s Germany and Austria. But uh, he did one film. It was about, uh, it was set in Berlin. I think the film was made in 1931. The film was called M. Dealt with very um, troubling topic. It was about a serial child killer in uh, Berlin. And uh, it explored uh, the hunt for this killer to bring him to justice. It also uh, portrayed the fear that this specter elicited among the population. But what was very interesting, despite the profoundly troubling subject matter, was the way Fritz Lang uh, dealt with murder. He showed a one scene that I recall in particular, he showed a scene shot from behind in which a child is walking hand in hand with an unseen adult. I think it was uh, the perpetrator. And the child is holding a balloon. And later on, they show the camera shows a balloon, the same balloon, going up into the sky with no hand holding on to the balloon. Now, from the mid-19th century onwards, it became possible to view actual photographs and eventually uh, moving pictures of scenes of war, crime scenes, etc., and the choice that we have today of whether or not to view very uh, disturbing footage, disturbing photos, or to uh, turn away, that there is this, I guess, middle path of uh, viewing them allegorically, knowing uh, what is behind the allegory. Since October 7th, the mass uh, high-tech pogrom against uh, Israel from its uh, enemies. There has been no shortage of graphic footage. I have not viewed any of that. I know it's there. Just to hear it described can shake me for an entire day and beyond. And in my mind's eye, I find myself uh, fading back to a childless balloon rising in the sky back in 1931 in black and white, rather than seeing the disturbing color footage that circulates today. There are people that must view such footage, I feel sorry for them. May God strengthen them.
there's the disturbing task of uh, documenting crime scenes, of which there are all too many. And I wish those who must deal with this highly troubling footage uh, strength, and I wish them success in bringing the perpetrators to justice and to room temperature. In addition, one thing I like to do is not to look at how people died, but how they lived. I grew up in an area where there were a lot of Armenians, and I heard fairly on early on about the Armenian genocide. Fragmentary information that I have, such as the fact that the Armenians have their own alphabet, of which they are very proud, and another thing that they tend to recount with pride is that they predated the adoption of Christianity by seven, predated Europe in the adoption of Christianity by several centuries. And I find that knowing about people's language, about people's music and their history, uh, makes the uh, tragic facet, uh, tragic facets of their history uh, much more easy to process. One thing we hear a lot about these days is some of the moral rot emanating from universities. Young people in their early, late teens and early 20s seem to be going, large numbers of them, I'm sure not all, seem to be going to university to profess and to convert with missionary zeal. Uh, the unlightened, unenlightened masses to their uh, utopian or dystopian uh, vision for the future of humanity, i.e. communism, anarchism, um, what have you. And what's disturbing is in many cases, instead of having the proverbial uh, older and wiser professor um, sounding cautionary notes. In some cases, the professors are agitators themselves. This isn't uh, new. In the 1930s, um, universities were enthusiastic breeding grounds for uh, Nazi and total, other totalitarian ideologies. It is now coming to light that uh, Harvard in the 1930s uh, had, in many quarters within that large university, reaching high up into the hierarchy, uh, a strong affection for National Socialism. So if you use the uh, search terms, Nazi professors in Germany and Harvard and the Nazis, uh, you get, if you get a good search engine that doesn't skew things, you'll find some interesting and troubling materials. It's not easy these days navigating in what amounts to a 
moral fog, universities that should be our bridge to the past and to the future, um, seem to be in many, many though not all cases, a place places where uh, the inmates have taken over the asylum. And uh, in many cases we find that um, churches and some some synagogues and mosques are places can be places where rather than rather than worshiping the God in whose image we are created, it's done the other way around where we worship the God whom we have created in our own or our own image. Activist theology, revolutionary theology, there is no shortage of uh, variations on this theme. So we should uh, not only pray for a better future, but work towards it and pray for guidance in what we do to make the world a better place. May the Almighty guide us and protect us in Israel and around the world. It's a small planet and we got to live here together. Bless you all. Have a good week. This wraps up another weekly episode of Between the Presets. I thank you all for the pleasure of sharing with me my weekly muse. Whatever platform you access, hitting like, subscribe, or leaving a comment is much appreciated. My email address is thewinterriders at gmail.com. Thewinterriders at gmail.com. Until next week, adio, which in some African languages means born on Monday or be righteous and closely resembles adios in Spanish. <laughs>